Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. And with me, all the way for where he belongs in the land of the Red Dragon, is the gold standard in ghost hunting, Mr. Steve Parsons. Uh, you see, not sitting on the sofa next to you this week, am I? No, no, no. And joining us all the way from California is my favorite West Coast witch, Marla Brooks. And I'm not on your sofa either. Hmm. You don't know how lucky you are, Marla. You belong on a sofa. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I'm not even anyways, for an explanation. No. Yeah. Anyways, we uh, celebrated our holiday, of course, uh, last Wednesday, which... For some of those outside of England, New England might not know, but it's called Evacuation Day, and that's when the British were sent packing from Boston, and we did that with Dylan and uh, Steve. <laughs> Do you know that, Steve? We actually have a holiday when... Well, when we leave? Yeah. You don't know what a holiday we had at the airport. That's called uh, Evacuation Day. That's a real holiday. I'm not kidding you. Wow. Yeah. Well, what a freaky coincidence that was. If you say so. I think it was planned. Well, as you had no hand in the bookings, then we obviously planned it. Absolutely. No, it's it, divine intervention. Uh, we all know about that. Right, Mala? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you drinking? Yes. What am I drinking? Oh, him. Mala. I'm not oh. drinking anything. Sounds like you were sipping something, my love. I have tea right next to me, but I wasn't. Oh, I, I must have STP or something. Excuse me. Anyways, <laughs> we are just kind of winding down after an exciting trip. And, uh, what you know, we had a pretty awesome time here. But what, what was happening out in California while we were uh, doing what we were doing here? Well, I solemnly swear we were up to no good. I mean, you know. Thank God. Yeah, preparing for the holiday, for Halloween. Evacuation day for you, too? No, we don't evacuate. Well, see, in medical terms, that's not so nice. Um, (laughs) So we don't exactly, wouldn't say that we would have an evacuation day because somebody would say you need to uh, go to the doctor. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or Or put a cork in it. There you go. See? Mm. So, no, Anyways. things have been quiet on the West Coast. Oh, very good. No earthquakes. <laughs> Actually, there was one yesterday, but it was up north by Sacramento. Which you is- know the reason I ask is we had a 3.5 uh, on mon- Sunday. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. We're catching up. That's a baby uh, have- one, but hey, you know. I know that's a big one by our standards. Yes, exactly. You know, when something shakes and you're not used to it, that is a big one. 
Yeah. We have them here in New England every year. We have oh, there's no place. show without punch, is there? But they're, they're not worth they're not worth anything to talk about. That's well, sure. we'll send you the next big one we have. How about if I send it your way so you can actually, you know, have a have a a proper shake, as they would say. Mm-hmm. I thought Maine and New Hampshire would have had some bigger earthquakes. No, we have our, our share, but there's nothing to write home about. Mm. You don't no. know what you're missing. You know, we get the occasional earthquake, the occasional tornado, just uh, God's way of letting us know where he still remembers us. Hence the saying, did the earth move? Only in my bedroom. No, I was waiting for that. Hey, <laughs> you know, it's taken me, because what, what I got back uh, six days ago, it's taken mm. me six days to find... Paranormal Kitty's internet site to try and find out she has an internet site well obviously the maker does Um, finally found it today mostly do you want to hear the blurb sure okay nothing else to talk about anyways Uh, all right Uh, We'll talk about Paranormal Kitty, who's uh, residing behind me with a saucer of cream. Uh, Vortex Ghost Gear is proud to announce its newest product line, Trigger Props Lifelike Cats. Lifelike isn't the word I would have used. But Vortex is constantly coming up with innovative ideas. Cats are craps. I couldn't get the cats. You know exactly what I'm talking about, Kolak. Exactly what I'm talking about. Vortex Ghost Gear is constantly coming up with innovative ideas for the paranormal community. Let's look at it this way. There are plenty of trigger props on the market. Teddy bears, trains, lanterns, etc, etc. With these, you are limiting yourself to a specific age group. For example, let's say you have the teddy bear and are looking for a child spirit to interact. That's great if there is indeed a child spirit present, but what Uh if it was an older gentleman presence that was there instead? Chances are they won't react to it. With the the lifelike cat, it really doesn't specifically target an age group. It could be from a child to an adult. Let's face it, that's the second time they've said that, everyone has had an interaction with a dog or a cat at least one time in their lives. Yeah, I've still got the scratches to prove it. So if this holds true with the living, then why not the other side? It's another tool for interacting with the other side. So lifelike, they can fool the other side. They might fool the other side, but as being lifelike, they're not. Not really. Not really. <laughs> well, but that's they, are, they are fun. They you are know what we're talking about, Mama? Well, no. Well, but I'm getting a, a mental picture, and I think that, that they just insulted the other side, thinking Can that that they me. wouldn't recognize a yeah. Let me paint you a picture, Marla. All right. All right. The, this is, uh, it has a name now. It's called Kitty Bits. And Kitty, Kitty Bits, uh, we, I first became acquainted with Kitty Bits in 2018. And um, we parted, and um, I missed Kitty Bits. Anyway, this year, courtesy of one of the guests at Spirit Quest, Sandy, um, Kitty Bits has returned to the UK for a vacation. And Kitty Bits is um, a stuffed cat toy. Mm-hmm. Not the world's most accurate stuffed cat toy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kitty Bits has uh, inside it a V-Pod. 
A V-pod creates an electro- electric field around the cat that means, yeah, that means that if you approach, rather like a REM pod, mm-hmm. uh, which means that if any spirit should approach it to try and stroke the cat, the its collar lights up, and so does bizarrely its nose, and then it well, makes, it and then it makes a ever uh, sort of louder mewing noise. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. So there. So uh, yeah. So Kitty Bits is on vacation now and going going out on its first ghost hunt a week Saturday. Well, as is somebody going to video it? Um, possibly. Possibly. Well, I know I would like to see it. Well, the location's actually quite interesting because it, uh, part of the location is actually a museum of childhood. Ah, okay. So it's full of toys. It'd be perfectly at home there. So uh, I'm hoping that we don't lose Kitty Bits or mistake it for something else. Mm. Sounds different. Sounds. And of course, uh, my first job when I got back for Halloween was uh, from America was to decorate the house for Halloween. Yay. To put up Halloween tree and uh, to drag out from the attic two haunt, well, one haunted doll and one haunted clown, which have mm-hmm. resided here for the past oh, ten years or so, mm. and only come out at Halloween and to date have never done anything. It's most disappointing because I paid a fortune for them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, you could be like poor old Anne. Anne loves Halloween. That's her holiday of holidays. And every year she spends vast amounts of time and money decorating the house with graveyards and everything else. And, of course, here in New England, we've had all these little breezes that uh, <laughs> oh, damn. have decimated her little shows. But is, oh that, well. is that why she's run off to uh, New York? Mm, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how did, the, how did the nor'easter go that we left behind? <laughs> yeah, it was a cream puff. Uh, well, it was we don't, we don't get. Enough. We don't really don't get any any interesting weather anymore. Well, you said. I mean, they were forecasting it was quite, but yeah, it was like bag of hot air. That's not what Just you like said. Most of the weather prediction. Well, that's not here. what you said the day before we left. You said it's going to be a nor'easter and it could be bad. Could be yes. was the key phrase there. Yeah. And besides, I was just trying to get rid of you. You're so gracious, a host, Marla. Yeah, I know. It's give give the boot, and out you go. I yeah. know, I, I know, I know. We fly umpteen thousand miles. We yes. umpteen. Yeah. That's a number. Umpteen. Mm-hmm. All right, three and a half thousand miles. Yeah, not so accurate, are we? Yes. And um, there's the gratitude, huh? Yeah, we entertain him, mm-hmm. take him out, buy him stuff, bring him stuff. Buy me what? Kentucky Fried Chicken. Thanks uh, a lot. You got a V nickel. <laughs> That's true. And what else did I that bring you from the... That was $1.99. I've uh, that baby uh, up. Oh, listen to you. All right, then. You want to total it up? Ka-ching. Should we play the totaling up game? Because I'll win. Oh, uh, you really don't want to go there. No, you don't, do you? <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> you don't, my friend. I was talking about, I was talking about giftware. Giftware? Yeah. Did you give me anything? Oh, I can't even remember. What the hell was it? You must have gave me something. I forget. I don't know. Uh, I brought a whole case full of stuff over. Oh, okay. Case? Wow. Yeah, I had to get actually I had to get a bigger suitcase this year. 
down. I know, yeah. complete, completely ingracious. So unfortunately, Steve left when perhaps one of the most unique events ever to occur here in New England happened shortly after he left. And of course, we're talking about the world's largest Ouija board that was set up in Salem. It broke all Guinea's records. Yeah, uh, it was very cool. We actually saw it, I actually saw it being set up. Or drawn, drawn out should be, uh, would be more accurate because they hadn't started any of the artwork apart from laying it out. And you know what? I completely forgot about it until I got back here and then saw it all over Facebook. Yep. The largest one before that was on the roof of a uh, hotel, I believe, Pennsylvania. But this one defeats it easily. So So are you you familiar with it, uh, Marla? No. um, No. Does it actually work? Yes. So how does... Somebody got married on it. What moves the planchet? Twelve people. You actually stand in in the inside of the eye and, and you can walk right around. It showed 12 people moving it. So, yeah, they just, they just so, had two in the in the wedding party, the bride and groom. Is it on casters then? Yeah, it's on some type of wheelie thing, but it's it's a it's a poor, um, poor resemblance because it's not a true planchette. It's the old uh, writing planchettes that they mm-hmm. they used to have before the Ouija board. So that was kind of just made me scratch my head. I'm not, not sure. It, it is it is very cool. I'll give them that. I mean, I've seen all I saw was the outline, um, and it is, and the pictures actually don't really do it justice for the size. But I didn't see. It. I mean, I, I I didn't realize, you know, until I got back that it was going to be um, as big as it was. I just thought it was some because we get these sand artists on the beaches here in West Wales uh, forever drawing stuff on the sand and although I saw the outline I could recognise the corner of the Ouija board mm-hmm. um, it didn't register and then I they were all actually f- wooden panels that the drawing yeah. was just a- the, the- uh, it was laid out because it was like it was marked out on the ground you know you right. could see like the outline of a it was definitely the outline of a Ouija board but I could I could see sort of like one corner Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were some tarps and some construction stuff and railings and uh, things. And then I just forgot all about it until I got back and went, oh, yeah, that must have been what it was. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was very cool. But once again, though, I don't know why they made a pencil planchette, which is kind of odd. They also have the largest pencil I've ever seen either. <laughs> Presumably because the person, the artist who designed it knows Jack all about the paranormal. Mm-hmm. Mm. Even though, bizarrely, the set, the witch board, uh, the, the, the Ouija board, historically was manufactured in Salem by Parker Brothers, who, uh, after they bought the license from the Ford Company, uh, they relocated to the games-making uh, facility, which was located in Salem, Massachusetts. And it's always been one of those like weird coincidences that uh, Salem became the manufactory for the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of weird. But yeah, the planchette actually came out prior to the Ouija board. That that was the initial mm-hmm. uh, connecting device was the planchette, which they had writing planchettes, uh, which we did one year at, at uh, Spiracus. We actually uh, everybody made up their own, made their own writing planchette, and was were able to take it home with them. Uh-huh. Cool. So that was pretty neat. I have, have, I have ever... an older one. Um, it's got little brass 
little tiny brass wheel uh, casters yeah. on the bottom. Yeah, those are so, so you, cool. You insert a pencil. Yeah, Mala, have you uh, have you ever used the uh, the writing planchette? Mm-mm. No. No, it's pretty cool. You can make your own. It's really simple. Uh, you can make it out of poster board. And it works fine. But uh, yeah, you are, you got to look into it. Uh, I've seen them, but yeah, I never mm-hmm. never jumped in. You can use it for automatic writing, uh, or uh, you know, as as a couple people on it and use it as a Ouija board planchette. Oh, that was the original intention, wasn't it? It was an automatic writing device that was developed by the spiritual. Well, it predates even spiritualism, right? As, as a divination device, and um, then it was incorporated into the design of the Ouija board by Fold. And planchette literally means little table, oh. mm-hmm. because that's to, to all intents and purposes, that's exactly what it looks like. I've always been kind of interested in in automatic writing in general, and it was really funny. My my dad's mom, Gran, she was into this stuff. When her husband died, all of a sudden she got very much into spirits and and divination and and all this. She that's went not, all the That's world. not common, though. I mean, that's not uncommon. Well, no, I mean, but maybe back in that day. I mean, we're talking. Well, yeah. 50s, 60s, but but she, I didn't know this, but she told me that she had had a conversation with the spirit by automatic writing for mm-hmm. years, and she had all the paper. She kept all the writing, and my cousins have it, and I've asked <sighs> for it, and hopefully I can see some of it, because she, she told me this guy's name, which I forgot, because she's been gone for several years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a male spirit that explained to her how spirits can talk to humans with the vibrations because she didn't have any background in any of this. And mm-hmm. apparently this spirit told her that they are on a faster, quicker vibration than we are. So they have to slow down their vibrations and we somehow have to kind of speed up ours and meet in the middle. But I, it was fascinating to know that, you know, here's this elderly woman that's been having this conversation for 20 years with, with this uh, male spirit and, and learning about the other side or whatever it was. So I'm, I'm still waiting to get those papers. I want to see that, them. That's a common theory of raising the vibrations. That's why the early spiritists used to play loud music. And, and mm-hmm. back then I read Light Sands as we, we used the music. And also laughter. Laughter is also supposedly raises your vibration that allows the spirit to connect with you easier as well. So mm-hmm. Who I knows? Mm-hmm. I'll let you know when I die. I'll come back and tell, tell all. And do a tell-all book from but, the dead. But, but laughing, they think, I mean, that's not a good thing. When, when I was a kid, um, my friend Ginny and I would do things. We'd talk to candles and, you know, 13 years old. Why not? Yeah, of course. Doesn't everybody. And there was a ta- a candle. We were in her garage and there was a table there and there was a candle in the middle of the table with a heavy weight to hold it. And and I was getting kind of creepy in there, you know, so I started to giggle because that's what you do when you're 13. And all of a or sudden... Or, or your age, yes. All of a sudden, and I'm not lying here, This, the candle, the holder that the candle came after me, came towards me and dumped the candle in my lap. Was it lit? Yes. Oh. It wasn't funny. But, leave a but, mark. but I got the giggles and that thing went right in my lap. Yes. So I don't think they like being giggled at somehow. I 
I kind of disagree with you, but that's okay. fine. Well, I had a hotline. To each their, I mean, if, if you yeah. believe spirits are the disembodied uh, uh, energy of uh, humans, then, you know, I guess you can take all kinds, which is true because you. <laughs> it was just weird. I, I said, no, I will never, ever laugh again. So every time we've done this in the rest of my life, I don't even smile. I look very mm. serious. Yeah. Stick in the mud. Steve, you ever had any uh, experiences on the Ouija board or, or any of that uh, spiritual stuff? Um, not really. Not that I can... Um, Have you ever we, played around with it? Never? Oh, uh, well, I mean, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, 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 had, I was making Ouija boards when I was a schoolboy, age eight. Mm-hmm. Um and messing about with them, but uh, and I have, as you know, a large collection of Ouija boards, but mm-hmm. I've never had any good or bad experiences or any notable experiences of any sort with them. Um, for me, I'm fascinated by them and people claim and people's claims, and of course they're often attributed to being the causal uh, element of a haunting or or some other. Um, apparitional encounter and we've we've certainly investigated cases where uh, participants uh, at a nightclub in one case um, and in a house in another case attributed the the activity that that they were experiencing to one or other members of uh, the group participating in a Ouija board oh. uh, most notably probably hex was uh, where we actually did get them to recreate it well, we monitored the situation, and I have to say that it, uh, we didn't see anything unusual during the recreation, oh, and, and that was a recreation using the original uh, sitters as well. Uh, oh. I, yeah, I've always been kind of disappointed by them. Oh. Uh, they are very cool. You, I, you I like... never saw Zuzu, Zozo, what the hell? Zozo. Or, or <laughs> Captain Splitfoot or all the <laughs> other variations that they've had over the years. Uh I mean, there are endless varieties of them, you know. There, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of very modern ones called witch boards or spirit boards, or Not only because the name is uh, copyrighted and all, well, and trademarked. Talking boards, also, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it it is, but the manufacturers uh, currently Hasbro, I think, have the license. Yeah, don't seem do. to be very up on prosecuting people or chase, chasing them down because there are lots and lots of very close copies and there are lots of, and it is generally known rather like the vacuum cleaner is known as the Hoover and the ballpoint pen is known as the Biro. Uh, all of these, very, as a Coke. Yeah, all of, all of these uh, variations are still generically known as Ouija boards. And, and I, I, even the name of the board is somewhat, you know, this um, lost in mythology so, because fooled, uh, or Elijah Bond, wasn't it, said that um, he got the name from the spirits. And other people said he just made, uh, fooled, made it up because it sounded cool when he registered the name, the Yes Yes board. Uh, although he actually denied it did actually mean Yes Yes. Hmm. Well, in two languages it means yes, so... <laughs> He claimed that was a coincidence. He also fought oh. a very. He also fought a, a long court case. I think it was against the IRS in uh, in the USA, because uh, they were trying to tax it in one direction, but he was trying to get it uh, a, a, at a lower tax level because it was a game. 
And uh, they fought this court case back and forward for a number of years until it was, in fact, accepted as a children's game and therefore as a tax at a lower level than adult entertainment. And so since that day, it's always been a children's game, or well, certainly by the, the way the IRS can consider it. Huh. Yeah, the, the poor old uh, guy, his grave wasn't even marked until uh, Robert Murch uh, started that uh, drive to uh, get him a tombstone. In fact, we were involved in it as well. So, uh, we, But now exactly. he's got a nice... Nice Ouija one, so there you go. Fooled or, or Elijah Bond? Because there, was, there were actually, uh, they both claimed to have invented uh, this, this device, this mm -hmm. game. And there was, a, there was quite a, a back and forth between those two as well, mm -hmm. about who actually was the, the discoverer of Well, if you want to know anything about anything about Ouija Absolutely. words, Robert Murch, Robert Murch is he, the guy to talk to. He is the man. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And of course there is now... Well, I've got to also mention a great place that um, must have opened relatively recently in Salem, which is the Salem Witchboard Museum. Exactly. Um, which I, I, I visited a week or so ago, and uh, I was very impressed. Mm -hmm. Nice. Does it? I have to look that up. Close to my collection. Uh, it does. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, well, you said you said you had sixty summit, so yes, it absolutely does. Hmm. Certainly bigger than my collection. My collection is bigger than your collection, so I think. Oh, I don't think so. I don't know where you oh, came I, up with that oh, idea. Oh, I absolutely do know that my. Oh, collection I absolutely is know. Oh my God, size matters. I know. Wait, uh, yeah, well, well, I already know that, his collection is. He said his collection is. Sixty something. He claimed. Hmm. Nobody's ever seen these boards, mind. Oh, oh really? I think Just he said sixty-two. I think you said sixty-two, didn't you? I'm not telling. Well, if you count duplicates, I have over 100. Mm -hmm. Where? Uh, well, there's four in this room. No, five in this room. Mm -hmm. And there's the remainder are directly above my head. In the attic. In the attic. Yeah. Or else you store them. Well, I had this plan one day to put them all on the wall. Mm -hmm. That'd be good. We actually, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Jason Robito, who uh, did Sparrow Quest one year too, has a collection, and he did that. He put them all on the wall, and they came in one night, and they all came off the wall for some any particular reason. So they were mounted well. Yeah. I know I, I, lots of people have got serious issues with them, like, for example, Dylan's wife. Who, when he announced he bought a Ouija board, uh, she said, "That's not coming into my ass." Uh, the James, <laughs> uh, the James house that wouldn't allow us to have a Ouija board. Oh, the James there. house. And I, I remember years, um, oh God, twenty years ago, I used to help out in a friend's New Age store. Uh, she had a market store that dealt in New Age, but she, she also had um, a series of reading rooms, and uh, she used to rent these out to different types of reader and there was a lady there because uh, Viv sold Ouija boards in the shop for a while and this lady refused point blank to come in until they'd all been removed because she said that they were completely evil and she could sense their presence okay, their, dark, their dark presence speaking of that I am sensing a break so we're going to have to take a break now you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street, Methuen, Massachusetts. Better life through better living. And, of course, the Gallant and Messier Family Law Group. 
High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts. So we're live right here on Tojina and Pyrex Radio, and we'll be right back after the following massages. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Mysterious and spooky, they all talk ugly gooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parrax family. And welcome back to part two of Ghost Chronicles, the very international edition, where we're spanning over 7,000 miles from the west coast of the United States with Marla Brooks. Stuck in the middle is New England's very own Van Helsing, and out here on the opposite side, the opposite, you can't not do it with Angie. You cannot just allow the co-host to bring in part two without interrupting. (laughs) Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Anyway. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International. That is New England's very own Van Helsing, who is stuck in the middle with clowns to the left of me and jokers to the right, or as we would say, a dog in a manger. Anyway, before the break, I was actually uh, just just accounting for the psychic who swore blind that she could sense the dark energy of the Ouija board. She didn't sense it after it had been sellotaped to the underside of her reading table for a month. There we are. Anyway, because um, talking must about the week, coins, then. yeah, must have been a cheap one. Um, perhaps it, yeah. But you know, all this talk of um, the Ouija board and the Ouija board being in the news also remind me of something else that was in the news this week uh, because it's Halloween people. season. Because it's Halloween, what your president? Mm-hmm. Oh, not thing on his head. Um, is the legend of Bloody Mary, because it's Halloween season, so all of the media and the press are digging up all sorts of weird stuff. And uh, they've resurrected the old game of Bloody Mary. Oh, my God. And so it's been doing the rounds with uh, the various stories that have been attached uh, to uh, Mary, um, often associated, of course, with... Queen Mary I of England, who married uh, King Philip of Spain and has always been called Bloody Mary. And there are a lot of, a lot of people link the two. But in actual fact, this game, uh, it, 
almost certainly uh, predates that because this idea of peering into a mirror um, in order to foretell something or to experience something is actually described in the Bible. Hmm. Um, then later on, it follows into Chaucer's uh, Canterbury Tales. Um, and then Shakespeare mentions this in Macbeth, uh, in amongst others. In fact, Robert Burns, Rabbi Burns, uh, even talks about standing in front of a mirror whilst eating an apple and holding a candlestick. And he, he says, if you do that, then a spirit will appear. Who, Jack, be nimble? Uh, nah. uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. And of course, uh, you're not just the, looks, you got wit too, huh? Here and there. <laughs> but that's two points upon you then, Ron. Mm-hmm. That silenced him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I mean, Bloody Mary's actually, I, I, I thought it had all but died away. Um, whether, you know, whether it was still being practiced. But it's, it turns out, I mean, we've, we've actually used this. We did a spirit quest, uh, which was, um, was it In Search of Fear? I don't know. It's one of the In Search of, oh, who knows? Yeah. And one of, the, one of the things we were doing was setting up a real, you know, pulling out all the stops and setting up scary fear. Oh, yeah, making fear, people as comfortable as possible. Making people as uh, emotionally as uncomfortable as possible. Getting them to face their fears. Uh, and we we actually used Bloody Mary um, over uh, over uh, during uh, this this thing, along with some storytelling and some other tricks and um, things. Um, but Bloody Mary actually, it, it seems to the modern version of it seems to only exist from about the nineteen. 19- the early 1990s and starts out as actually or seems to start out as a chain letter now there are certainly bloody mary or, or bloody mary like um things that children used to play staring in the mirror one was called candy man uh there were other variations of it but the actual one called bloody mary re- uh, there's been a folklorist who's, who's been tracing this uh, backstory in the news and he says that the first versions seem to occur in the early 1990s um, and derived from a series of chain letters. We all remember chain letters back then, don't we? You know, mm-hmm. if you don't pass this on to 10 other people, we'll be tied. Well, one of these chain letters actually re- revolved around a spirit called Mary Worth. Oh, yes. Which, which I can hear Ron frantically Googling. Um, apparently, the story was that Mary Worth lived a long time ago and was a beautiful young girl who had a terrible accident and left her disfigured. And she was so disfigured by the, by the accident, she was never allowed to see her own reflection or she would lose her own mind. Um, and then one night, apparently, after she'd gone to bed, after everyone else had gone to bed, she couldn't uh, fight her curiosity any longer. So she crept into a room with a mirror. She uncovered the mirror. And as soon as she saw her face, she broke down into screams and sobs um, and became heartbroken and went mad. Uh, so she walked straight into the mirror trying to fix her once beautiful reflection and vowed to disfigure anyone that came after her looking for her in the mirror. And the original lines were, Mary Worth, Mary Worth, I believe in Mary Worth. And at the seventh time it was said, one of the girls 
standing in front of the mirror would see um, the apparition of Mary Worth, who would race from the mirror and uh, race, run her fingernails down the girl's cheeks. There we go. I forgot all about Mary Worth. There are, there are other variations um, dating back to the 1960s where it was a party game, where there was a party mm. game that was based exactly. on the British, based on the British Queen. Um, and they've all got sort of melded and mixed up together. And it's really quite difficult now to tease them apart uh, because it's, it's like so many things, isn't it? Each generation adds their own uh, spin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there have, been, there have been stories, comic books. Uh, in fact, I've just discovered even in 2005 there was uh, a DVD released uh, called Bloody Mary. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. So... Um, I remember seeing yeah. the advertisers for that. But Candyman, which is a British one, although there is an American version of it, uh, where uh, d- different, um, where the the char- where the people participating try to resurrect the ghost of a of a black slave who had been uh, lynch mobbed. Um, the British version uses the name Candyman. Hmm. Uh, for for and that. You know, sort of kicking around from the late 1800s. So, Marl, did you ever play Bloody, Bloody Murray? Mm-mm. No. no, I was a real coward for a while. I guess you were. Man, you really... Uh, I had put you on that high pedestal, and I guess... You... Well, you can put me back up now. I grew up. I got small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was very much a girl thing, wasn't it? I remember yeah. uh, I made uh, Maureen do that live on the air uh, one night. That was fun. Did she? <laughs> Yeah, of course. All right, so let me ask you guys. Um, we're getting close to Halloween. And so... Or Samhain, as we say. Or Samhain, as we say in the trade. Um, so what's your belief system as far as this time of year, spirits appear, thing, the veil is thin and, the and all that? Between the, the veil between the living and the dead. Yep. The, yeah. Yeah, so, so what are your thoughts on that? It's when all the little brats go around begging for candy. Well, we know that, but what about yeah. the spirits? Well, Do you the think they're, for... they're, they're handier? Do they come out more? Is the veil thin? Is there a veil? Well, it better be because that's the name of Spirit Quest next year, lifting the veil. <laughs> well, Spirit, for that Quest 20, Spirit Quest 2020. See, 2020, better vision. That has so many connotations. Mm, lifting the veil. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I saw the name change, like, ah, I could have played with that one. <laughs> I can't wait till Ron. No, I'm I'm banned. I'm banned from next year. Why? What'd you do? Uh, nothing. It's just that oh. when he decided it was going to be lifting the veil, he already got ahead of me and decided that no, it's too dangerous having me across for that one. I think it would be it's true. It's true. Yeah, I'd like to see it's that. a hair-raising event, and we certainly don't want Steve with hair. No, I shall return in 2021. Wow. For Spirit Quest 10. Okay, suit yourself. X. No, you can't do X. We did X this year. It'll be yes. X. We can't use the Spirit X logo. I can do whatever I want, because it's my bloody thing. A. a? Uh, uh, I think you'll find that Anne and I co-hosts. Uh, that's according uh, to. Excuse you. me, you're uh, not going to be there. Uh, <laughs> for the tenth, we will. 
Uh, you won't be there. And it was recording, what, for the 10th one? Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's well, and, according to, and according to you, Anne and I co-hosts. So, not that I know. You can't, you can't have X. You did X Anyways, this year. Yeah, uh, and then you asked the about spirit, the veil. Yeah, it's it's the spirit question, not an iPhone. The living and the dead during Halloween. And uh, I, I've never really noticed any difference between uh, any type of spirit communication during Halloween versus any time of the year. I don't think this, to me, it, it, it's just a lot of hype. I wonder who started it, because I kind of agree with you. I mean, spirits are around. If they're around, they're, you know, why should, I mean, yeah, okay, so it's it's a, a festival of, of the dead and all that, but still, I mean, come on. Um, I don't think they sit back and take a number and wait for their turn for Halloween to come. As Steve knows, you know, ghost hunters only come out during Halloween, according to the newspapers. Oh, that's so true. And that's Wikipedia, it. probably, too. Yeah. Uh, well, it's already started with the Bloody Mary stories this week and, of course, the Ouija board in, in uh, Concord. Uh, sorry, Salem. But, um, yeah, it's the only time of year that the, the, the – well, it used to be the only time of year that the media ever wanted to know. Uh, because they all uh, – what we do, because they all want fun, uh, spooky stories for Halloween. And, um, you know, that's that's what they, you know, it's Halloween, let's find a silly, spooky story. And they always treat it in a flippant, light-hearted manner anyway. Um, yeah, because, you know, that's, that's, in fact, that's how the media has always treated ghost hunting or paranormal investigation. It's always been in the, that sort of silly and finally slot on any news channel. Oh yes, and they they managed to find the the craziest and most absurd people pretending or saying that they're witches or or mediums or something because they find the colorful ones that really don't represent us. But boy, how everybody believes that. Well, they don't have to look very far these days, do they? Well, uh, no, that's true. However, yeah. <laughs> happy. I mean, their task has been made ever easier by the lowering standards of the ghost hunting community and the witch who, community in the in the sense that yeah. that you know they know the squeaky wheel gets the grease. That's well, it. and, and, and also, everybody wants to be famous. Yeah, they will do anything for their five minutes of newspaper headlines. In fact, a group here in the UK called uh, Ghosts of Britain, uh, Project Reveal, um, announced today with uh, all over their social media that their haunted doll has made the headlines again. They have babies? Looking... No, no, this is oh. a doll that swears at people in... Uh, It's a foul mouth uh, doll But it's only foul mouth via EVP And the reason it made the headlines In the very cheap tabloids Is because they phoned up the headlines Used desk and asked them Told them the story Anyways, going back to Mala's question about the veil uh, I remember, in fact, it was the first time I met Maureen Uh, We went out on a a four-part series with WNDS News. So every Thursday in the month of October, we went to a different haunted place. And the, the first three of them were, you know, were really pretty decent. Uh, we had some nice results. Uh, the Wyndham Restaurant, uh, Tequila Flats, and the Philip Nighthouse. And then the final one, which ended on Halloween, uh, ended up at the Old Hill Burial Ground. So we went to this old, old cemetery and it was 
pardon the pun, dead. <laughs> there was <laughs> nothing going on. <laughs> so we we uh, we we uh, conjured up some entertainment, anyways. But one of the things I unfortunately did was uh, you could go into the, you could look into the garage and you could see the skulls and stuff. And uh, so I reached my hand in there and I rubbed one of the skulls. And when I took my hand out. I immediately put it to my nose, and it made the news that night. So that was so exciting. Honestly, the things some people do just for a bit of cheap publicity. I know it. You should have picked it up and gone, alas, poor Yorick. No, you can't. It was in the grave. You couldn't get it out. It was still in the coffin. You could have snapped it off right at the neck, yeah. No, <laughs> not enough room. There's barely enough to get your hand in, and that was it. Oh. But that what was. Did it it. Yep. Like? By the way, it smells like chicken. So just let you know. <laughs> you know what would have been the funniest thing if you'd have, if you'd have realized beforehand and um, found some, you know, a, a hair piece or a toupee, reached in and go, me scalpel. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love playing with the press because one year we were asked. Uh, it wasn't Halloween. It was earlier in the year, but we were asked to, uh, can we, as paranormal investigators, uh, go and examine the claims of an of a large black cat? Seen black cats in woodland um, near where we near where we resided. So we went along dutifully with the reporter, and somewhat tongue in cheek, we because we realised that there was, we were never going to find this damn thing, even if it existed. So after about half an hour of trample, trampling through the uh, through the woods and the forest, um, trying with this reporter to find this elusive animal. We went back to the car briefly and came back with a, a large dinner plate and a large tin of cat food and started banging the, the plate with the fork. And, uh, you know, as, as all cat owners will realize, if you bang the dish and go here, kitty, kitty, the, all the cats from Mars around come running. So we tried that on a larger scale to see if it would flush out the black cat. And the reporter looked at us and said, what are you doing? And we went, well, it works with smaller cats. We just scaled it up a bit. It's called science. <laughs> That's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> Blew right yeah. over their heads, didn't it? Um, well, yeah, kind of, because he was a cub reporter anyway, and he, he, he was obviously didn't want to be there as much as we didn't want to be there. And um, we thought, you know, we're bored with this now. So we'd, uh, we had a plan B. <laughs> it's necessary. Always so- so, Marla, what's your plans for Halloween? You got anything exciting you, you're planning on? Uh, my show's on that night, so I will be... Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I yeah. will be sitting here doing a two-hour broadcast with Gasp, Tim Shaw. We're doing a Halloween He's thing. back? He, well, he's never given up the Rev and Witch show. You know, he pops in every so often. What about the seance? You did the, you, that was traditional. I, I know, but I don't think we're going to do that. I, I would like to do that, but I think he gave up on that after about the third one when he said he, he when he came out of the trance, he was hanging on his keyboard drooling. Um, I, I wouldn't blame Ugh. it on the seance, actually, but, you know, that's Tim. Um, <laughs> but, no, I don't know what we're going to do. I said, do you want to do a Revan Witch on Halloween? And he said, yes, by all means. I said, so what will it be? He said, oh, I'll think about it. We'll work it out. So yeah. I probably won't know until five minutes before we're on the air. Oh, he sounds like my type of guy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, that's the, yeah, that tradition was the uh, the seance you used to hold all the time. That was uh, yes. exciting. It was yeah. fun, yeah. So in the meantime, I'm around here. I've got two altars in the house, set up an ancestor altar and send up a Samhain altar. 
So yeah, you know. Do the authors do the authors compete with one another? No, they're in different you know different places. So ah. I haven't seen anything from one go over and beat the crap out of someone. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, re- I remember one occasion we went to um, Avebury Stone Circle uh, mid midsummer solstice. Yes. And uh, we we were there surrounded. We got there about uh, a little before midnight, and right through the night there were drummers and dancers and fire eaters and fire breathers. Ooh, I love fire eaters. And a fight broke out between oh. two between two druid priests. Oh um, man! Over really? over over their altars. One one of them was pushing round. It was a portable barbecue, or it started life <laughs> as a portable barbecue. Um, that he'd converted into a portable wheel along altar, and uh, another That's druid, nice. another druid who'd set up his altar, objected to this portable altar, um, which was, as I said, a, a, a wheel along barbecue covered in stars and feathers and bits of rubbish, and they, they ended up, <laughs> they ended up. They ended up fighting, and then the lo- then the local constabulary intervened and arrested them both. <laughs> They, they both missed the sunrise. Nitpickers, that's what happens. Yes. Yeah. I'm more of a druid than you are. I think one of them shouted at one point. Oh my god. I, I believe it, but oh my god. Very amusing. And yeah. it, it it got funnier because halfway through the fight, um, there's always somebody well meaning a well meaning hippie came along and tried to <laughs> intervene. And uh, calm the entire situation down because he was hey man, there's no need to fight about this. Whilst holding a giant spliff, um, and of course the police <laughs> took exception to the giant spliff, so he got arrested as well. <laughs> it was really, it was the whole thing was a comedy. It was in the days before you had sort of uh, mobile phone video cameras. Sure but oh, oh, how I wish we were able to video that particular one. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was I'm... the druids. Yeah. You know, you know it's it's terrible nowadays, and this is on a more serious note. Is is of course the vandalism in cemeteries and stuff. But recently, up here in uh, Salem, New Hampshire, America Stonehenge, uh, somebody went in and actually uh, vandalized the sacrificial altar that was out there. You know, it's estimated to close to four thousand years old. But they, they actually brought in a grinding tool to do this damage on this altar. And, oh, yeah, uh, I've seen it. I had that guy on my show, the guy that that runs the place that owns. Yeah, it. I've known I've known him forever and ever. Actually, a when really I really nice guy. One of my first investigations. That's Stone. The guy's name is Stone. Yes, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, in fact, we 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 were the first scoop ever to spend the entire night uh, on the main site uh, there. In fact, I think that was my first investigation. Could have no. What, Either first or second. It was one of the, the early ones anyway. So that's, yeah, it was, that's a shame. I don't, you know, if you don't agree with something, you don't, uh, you know, appreciate something. Or even if you, you can't stand something, you don't destroy history because we'll never learn if we destroy history. I mean, the, the Taliban blowing up all those uh, monuments in Afghanistan and oh, it's, you know, it's it's just horrible Uh you know, history is so so much so important to not only what we do as paranormal investigators and as mediums, but also as um, for our own uh, things, so that we never repeat and we understand what history has done for us. People anyway. are selfish. 
They want to do what they think, and they don't care about anybody else. Yeah, it's terrible. But yeah. Anyway. yeah. So is there ever vandalism in, in the UK, Steve, on this type um, of scale? No, not really. I mean, Stonehenge has been... Stonehenge and Avebury and all a lot of the other... Uh, yeah, there are a lot of sites there, yeah. They, they have a lot of old graffiti carved into them. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's largely stopped now. One of the things, uh, there's one of the uh, ancient burial uh, chambers on, on the Isle of Anglesey called Barclodia de Gauros. And uh, it, used to, it, it, it used to be publicly accessible. You had to get a key from the local post office and anyone could <laughs> just go down and get one. But it's actually been, uh, that, that practice has now been stopped. And oh. the, reason for, the reason it's been stopped is actually due to new ages. Because they go up there with all the uh, paraphernalia and, and light tea lights all over the damn thing. And of course, the wax from these things has melted all over the stones. And so it's actually obscuring and damaging the surface of the stones. Now, obviously, these people are well-meaning, so it's not really an act of deliberate vandalism. But you do see now at a lot of sites these um, melted blobs of wax and other sort of strange things left lying around or adhering to the rock. Uh, but writing on it is, is still quite fortunately now unusual. And uh, we don't, you know, the, we admire the old graffiti from the 18th and 17th and 16th century, mm -hmm. but we, we don't seem to be adding very much of our own. There are, uh, graveyards is a big thing for vandalism. Um, oh, really? They, they have... People here, or the young over here, or whoever's doing it, don't seem to have a great deal of respect for graveyards, uh, oh, unlike, unlike in America. So what about, what about the, the places like the Hellfire Caves and, and, and the Close and some of these other places? Is there a lot of graffiti in them? Uh, not so much, no. And of course, nowadays, because they are major paranormal investigation locations, uh, they're, they're very well managed and also there is no opportunity for people to uh, vandalize them because they're permanently in use by assorted ghost hunting groups and uh, because they are commercially operated then they are better maintained and they are more secure okay that makes sense but anyways, I know we are coming down to the end of the, end of the show. Steve, do you have any plans for Halloween yourself? I Well, not Halloween itself, apart from playing with the kids. But uh, the weekend prior, um, 25th and 26th, on the 25th, a huge uh, Halloween night of fun and hijinks at the scout, uh, local scout group. Woohoo! Uh, and that, that's for that's for the, obviously the the Cub Scouts and the the, the uh, Boy and Girl Scouts that they now have here in the UK. So we're planning a big Halloween sort of fun night for that with a ghost hunt and uh, traditional ghost uh, dressing up pumpkin carving and all that sort of ducking for apples. And then the following night for the grown ups is uh, a ghost hunt at a one of our local stately manors to raise funds for the, for the scout troop. Oh wow, that's pretty so cool. Keep actually. Me busy tonight. Yeah, so, I have uh, nice I have fun. my own things coming up on uh, this Friday. In fact, I'm doing the Blair Witch Ghost Hunt up at BZ Estate, uh, which will be a lot of fun, and uh, the proceeds go to uh, BZ. And on the 26th, I will be in Brookline, Massachusetts, at the Corner Theater during their all-night uh, 
presentation of horror movies for 12 straight hours. And between the first two shows, uh, I will be doing a presentation on our investigation there at the Corner Theater and some of the other work we've done. And of course, on uh, November 1st, we'll be doing uh, the ghost hunts in Portsmouth at the uh, old meeting house, which will be a lot of fun too. So exciting. Yeah, I got a bunch of other little things too, but those are the, the main ones. Right, so it's time to, to get up to some fun things. Oh, it is, it is, it is. So, anyway, yes. So, anything you want to add, Bala? No, not really. Uh, just, you know, gathering gathering my wits about the holiday and, and um, got a good show tonight. I've got Richard Sennett, who's that legendary ghost hunter who tells oh, yeah. us the best stories. So, he's going to be telling about some of his favorite stories tonight. I think so he's as old as I am, isn't he? Maybe even older. Really? If hmm. that's possible. If that's yeah. possible, yeah, I don't. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's that's pretty good. I, yeah, it's, uh, that's yeah. We've I've had him on the show too. Yeah, Ruben. and he's a really interesting good character. Yes, yeah. he is very much so. So, anyways, uh, we got about thirty seconds left, and I do want to mention that today's show, of course, to you, was brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, three eighty six Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, a better life through better living, and of course, the Gallant Messier Family Law Group on High Street in North Andover, strong and compassionate. Anyways. We want to thank all our listeners and uh, tune in to Molly's show on Halloween when you see Reverend Tim and her Tim and her raise hell. So there you go. <laughs> Good night and God bless. Good night. Good night. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good Lord.